Presents Football Time. Hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. We're here with our week six review with our man Achilles Rain, as always. How are we doing this weekend? I'm doing good. Enjoying vacation, but, uh, you know, we got to take care of this. The NFL doesn't take any days off, so neither do we. That's correct. We don't. All right, so let's get into our... made headlines all right so my first headline of the week it comes straight to the heart the new york jets is this the worst team you have ever seen in football uh you know it's uh i was thinking about this as the game was going on and it brought back memories of the uh 0-16 detroit lions but that team was at least somewhat competitive. That's what and, I can't think of a team that is so uncompetitive. I mean, the Lions were not a good team, but they at least had a functional NFL team. This team is a joke. Yeah, they, they put up a, a big goose egg. And, you know, this is the NFL. You expect some type of offense, some type of you know, even defensive turnovers. I mean, they just don't show anything. I, I don't see anything about this team that I like and I don't see anything about them going forward that makes me believe that they're going to get any better. Well, think about this. If I told you in 2010 that Joe Flacco and Frank Gore would be the head of the snake of an offense in 2020, what would your thoughts be? <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, it, it's so, it's so confusing. This team, there are certain things about them that, lead you to believe that, that they could possibly be at least a little bit competitive. You know, they've got, you know, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you know, and they've got, they don't have a lot of pieces. You know, we got to open up with that. You know, they don't have the weapons that, you know, a winning NFL team has, but they're still an NFL team. They're still considered to be a professional football team. And for them to play as poorly as they play, it's, it's kind of mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm all cool with tanking to try to get a sort of change your franchise type quarterback. But this is like, this team isn't even tanking. The Jaguars are tanking, but they're at least somewhat, I don't know, respectable on the field. They aren't any good. The Giants are respectable on the field, though they aren't any good. What the Jets are doing out there, I just don't know. And Adam Gase is just a. Really, possibly, we're calling the Jets the worst team. Is this the worst football coach of all time to coach a professional team? You know that he's always my go-to guy when we're doing our worst of the week segment. And uh, in my opinion, he probably is the worst coach that I've ever seen in the NFL. All right. So before I stop hammering the Jets, and uh, I probably will not be taking him this week just for your information. I haven't seen the line yet, though. So uh, they, they might be 30-point dogs this week. Well, if it was that, then we will be taking them again. <laughs> anyway, uh, if I was Trevor Lawrence, 
Would you accept going to this team? I mean, he does technically have another year of eligibility, and he could just pull the, you know, John Elway, Eli Manning, and say, no, I'm not going there. You are a disgrace. Yeah, see, that's what I was thinking. Uh, To me, they're going to be the worst team. They're going to have the number one pick, and if it were up to me, I would pull Eli Manning and say I'm not going there because I wouldn't risk – you know, going another year because like I said, I don't see the Jets getting any better whatsoever. So they'll probably, they'll probably be the worst team even next season. Yeah, most definitely. All right. Enough of pounding on the terrible Jets though. They're such a disgrace. It really is embarrassing the way they play. And honestly, the they're trying to kick that stupid field goal at the end and not get shut out. And then missing it, of course, was even more <laughs> disturbing. But I mean, what do you expect? It's that's typical Jets. That's that's basically what I've been expecting all season long. All right, so let's move on to my next top story. Uh, the analytic nerds popped up again in football this week. Uh, Romeo Cornell went for two when he was up seven in the last minute of that game when he could have gone up eight. Uh, good decision, bad decision, uh, in between. What were your thoughts? You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I've said that, you know, the coaches, they have a little better feel for the game you know, the flow of the game. Uh, I I still think this was a big mistake. You know how hard it is to convert on a two-point conversion. So I understand that you're trying to make it, you know, a a two-score lead, but it's hard enough to get a two-point conversion. So why wouldn't you just make yourself go up by eight and then force them to have to go for a two-point conversion? Yeah, see, that was my thought. Uh, When you go up by eight, essentially that is a two-score lead. They have to get the touchdown, and then they have to convert the two-point conversion. By going up nine, yes, you do away the game, but you have to successfully do the two-point conversion. And, you know, not only that, if you've watched Houston play all year, they've been terrible in short-yarded situations. So if you're bad in short-yarded situations, and then you're like, oh, let's try to get two points here, it just doesn't make sense to me why you do that. When you can put yourself up eight and force that team to drive down, get a touchdown, and then get the two-point conversion, and even then you're tied and you go into overtime. It just didn't seem like the risk-reward was as – it didn't seem mathematically great there. But, you know, uh, I did see the percentages, and it was like 97.8 to 97.2. And when you're dealing with that, I think you just – I don't know. Go up by eight was my thought. Oh, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think it was a really poor decision, and I think he basically, you know, put himself out of contention for the head coaching job there. They were playing pretty well against an undefeated divisional rival, and, you know, you could have given him their first loss, and that's the decision you make. I think you just basically decided against getting that head coaching position. Yeah, uh, my dream of Romeo Cornell getting a four-year extension probably had died with that terrible decision. You know, uh, I didn't hate the Zimmer decision so much the week before. I didn't love it, but, you know, that was like you were up five. You were trying to not give them the ball back, not to mention it was Seattle, so you knew they were going to drive down and get that score. 
I didn't agree with it, but I understood it more than I understood this one. This one, I just didn't understand at all because you could have easily just kicked that extra point, go up eight, and make Tennessee essentially score twice. Yeah, this was definitely, in my opinion at least, a really poor decision. Um, I personally would have just kicked the field goal and then have to force them to go for two points. But, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, they lost another game and the Titans are still undefeated. Yeah. Uh, you want to touch on the game any uh, other than that decision? Uh, pretty impressed with the Titans winning two games in four days. Uh, they might pop up in my best list a couple of those guys. Um, Texans, uh, this is the best I thought their offense had looked. Watson looked good. But once again, that defense is really, really bad. Um, what do you think of that? You know, Watson's been putting up uh, big numbers this season. Uh, he's on pace to set career highs. And I think that this was the best that they have looked for sure. Um, they were in a very tight game. But, you know, it's, it's you can't put this one on the players. This is definitely on the coach, in my opinion. Um, they did all they could to play well against a really tough team in the Tennessee Titans. And um, I, I think I really put this loss on the coach. I think that Texans look a little bit better, and they might be better going forward. But, you know, Tennessee's a tough team, man. Even with that poor defense, they're still a tough team. Yeah, Um the only other thing, uh, if Derrick Henry is taking a direct snap, he's not passing the ball. So yeah. all those idiot linebackers who dropped into coverage, um, hello, if Derrick Henry yeah. wants to make a pass, let him make a pass. I'm watching the game, and, and I saw uh, Tannehill, you know, kind of go off to the side as a receiver, and you see Henry under center, and I'm like, okay, you know, rush, rush. Just send everybody, and I don't understand why they wouldn't. It was kind of it was so obvious to anyone watching that he was going to run the ball. I was quite stunned, and why they thought Derrick Henry was going to pass uh, highly confuses me. But anyway, that's pretty much the Houston Texans season summed up. Uh, dropping back into coverage as Derrick Henry takes a direct snap. It's possible they thought he was Tannehill, which could be even more disturbing. <laughs> no, that was really bad. All right, so the last thing I wanted to touch on, uh, two uh, big Monday night games, uh, one of them bigger than the other, but I guess one's still technically a division leader and one's contending for a playoff spot. So the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills game, uh, Pretty sloppy game. The weather was really bad there. Chiefs pulled out a nice win by running the ball. Uh, I thought Buffalo was a little slow to sort of drop into the run game and short pass game. They were launching a lot of deep balls, and I didn't think the weather was conducive to that kind of play style. But uh, Chiefs back on the winning side. Buffalo loses their second straight. Uh, Downgrading Buffalo any or just lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Titans, you know, regular season stuff. Uh, you know, after last week when they lost to the Titans, I thought that I wouldn't really downgrade them. I thought that they played against a pretty tough team. And, you know, it's just they just had a bad week. Uh, but even though this is the Kansas City Chiefs and the defending Super Bowl champs, you still can't, you know, shy away from how bad, not horrible, but he looked bad. Josh Allen looked pretty bad. And 
I have to downgrade him ever so slightly just because I feel like they've taken a step back. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I downgrade him, but I I see some concerning signs. I, I think they want to be like a, a wide-open, deep-passing offense and playing in Buffalo. I mean, the weather isn't getting better from last night. It's going to get worse. And I don't know if that's conducive to that kind of play style. I mean, essentially, they're playing like, you know, one of those high-flying dome teams. And, you know, in another month, it's going to be 15 degrees and snowing and rainy and windy there every day. And I don't know if that's really going to be a successful play style in December and January. I mean, it looked great earlier in the year when the sun was out and it was warm. And the running game, uh, Devin Singletary has really been a disappointment, I think, this year. Uh, I thought he'd, you know be able to take a full-time role, but, you know, it looks like he's just sort of a split carries kind of back and have him come out of the back and catch passes. I mean, he's not even catching passes anymore. So little disappointed with the run game, and the defense has certainly not been as good as it was last year. Yeah, I, I think since I started off pretty well, I thought that um, it showed some good signs for the future. But unfortunately, as the season has progressed, they definitely seem to be a pass-first team with very little run. I mean, their quarterback is – I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm assuming that the quarterback is probably leading that team in rushing. Oh, and, I'm sure it's close. And when when that's what you have to offer for a run game, especially playing in Buffalo, you know, like you said, as the weather gets worse, it's definitely not a recipe for success. So it's a little concerning, which is why I downgrade him ever so slightly. Yeah, I, I think definitely Pittsburgh's moved ahead. I still put Baltimore ahead, Kansas City ahead, and I think now Tennessee's probably ahead of them as well. Uh, Chiefs still look to be in, I don't know, second gear for most of, you know, this whole season other than, you know, when they threw it into about fifth gear for the Baltimore game. Uh, what do you think of Kansas City's game? You know, Kansas City, uh, what little I saw of that game, um, I still think that they – performed well enough to win the game not up to the caliber that we're expecting from them but I think that's kind of going to be the uh the the recipe for this whole season I think that they're going to be a team that turns it on once they get into the postseason and that's kind of what I expect from them yeah definitely uh let's touch on the other Monday night game uh it wasn't really a game it was more a disgrace uh Arizona pretty much just blitzed the Cowboys from the start what'd you make of this game uh, first play of the game, I saw the uh, the Arizona Cardinals defensively line up, and they just had the box stack. And I knew exactly what they were going to do. Um, obviously, we're not going through our picks this this particular show, but uh, I had a feeling this was going to happen. We said that the drop off between Prescott and Dalton wouldn't be huge. Granted, they're different quarterbacks, and I'd still rather have Prescott, but the drop off wouldn't be huge because they would rely more on Zeke and. Everybody pretty much knew this already, and so did the defensive coordinator for Arizona, which is why the first defensive play of the game, they just brought everybody. They brought the house, and they stuffed them, and that was kind of just the way it went. You know, you're focusing on Zeke, and you make Andy Dalton beat you. Yes, he's a Pro Bowl, you know, quarterback, but he's still Andy Dalton, and there's a reason why he's a backup now and not a starter. Yeah, of uh... I was a little disturbed that they let Dalton throw 55 times. Uh, that just seemed like a 
bad recipe. Now, I know they got behind, but, I mean, really, that just, you know, I don't know how much you can even rely on Zeke now, too. He seems to fumble every game, and, you know, the turnovers are costing them because their defense can't stop anybody. Once again, Murray had over, like, 100 yards. Uh, Kenyon Drake, who literally has been a zero all year, completely annihilated. They didn't even pass that well. Uh, Just don't know what to make of really any of these teams in the NFC East. It's We talked about the Jets being the worst team of all time. This possibly is the worst division I've ever seen. I mean, I thought it was bad last year, but this year it's possible six wins is going to win that division because I don't foresee the Giants or the Washington winning more than two games. You know, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I think this is possibly the worst uh, division in the NFL right now. And, you know, as far as the Zeke thing goes, this year so far they had really competitive shootouts with a lot of teams because that defense can't stop anybody. So Zeke was kind of a secondary uh, weapon on that offense. Now you put everything on Zeke, and I don't think that he's quite ready to handle the load, which you saw, you know, with those turnovers. And like you said, with with no defense having turnovers, it's not a recipe for success. You're going to get down, and you're going to have to rely on Andy Dalton. You can't rely on him. To carry. He's a good game manager, and, you know, he'll get you wins as long as you can keep it close. But with no defense and then the running back turning the ball over, you're not going to win many games like that. Yeah. Uh, make anything of the Cardinals. It, I, They didn't pass that well, but they didn't really need to. Uh, I don't know if I'd upgrade them or downgrade them. I think they're probably better than the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of teams that are better than the Cowboys except for the Jets. But um, I don't, I don't really uh, think much about the Cardinals right now. I think that I expect them to win this game, and uh, they – pretty much did and uh, I mean there's really no takeaways from this game for me yeah uh, I couldn't like upgrade the Cardinals any so let's get into our game recaps Uh, let's start out with the Chicago Bears at the Carolina Panthers the Chicago Bears won 23-16 Nick Foles was 23-39 with 198 yards two total touchdowns and one interception David Montgomery had 90 total yards Teddy Bridgewater had his first sort of really bad game for the Carolina Panthers. He was 16 to 29 for 216 yards, two interceptions. Mike Davis had 19 carries for 58 yards, one touchdown, and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson combined for nine catches and 178 yards. Uh, this game sort of was over after the first series. Bridgewater threw that pick six, and the Bears sort of got up, and Carolina couldn't really find their way back uh their offense did struggle versus that bears defense now the bears are five and one um i don't really know how their offense is kind of putrid and the defense is good but little stunning that they're five and one but it i sort of figured carolina's offense would struggle a bit in this game what'd you make of it um this particular game for me was kind of the way this this week in general went um teams kind of get down and then they just really kind of shut down. They have a hard time getting back in the groove of things. And um, it's, it's kind of, it's going to be the theme for a lot of these games, but I felt that the Chicago defense 
um, really bombarded uh, the Carolina offense enough to get them off their groove, and it showed. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I've kind of been um, liking the way he's been doing uh, his his last couple of games. He's been doing really good. I've jumped on his bandwagon. I feel like he was doing a good job of controlling the ball and uh, playing it safe and not really causing any turnovers. And they had a pretty solid run game with a solid defense, which was the reason why they were getting wins in this particular game. Uh, they bothered him enough to where he had a couple of turnovers and they shut down that run game, not completely, but enough so that that Chicago offense, which you mentioned isn't really that good, uh, did enough to win the game. Well, in my stats recap, the only thing I could come up with was David Montgomery had 90 total yards. I didn't even really want to read Nick Foles' stat line out because it wasn't all that good either. So I don't know how they're doing it, but the Bears are doing it and getting wins and putting themselves... I mean, essentially that uh, division is pretty much with the Vikings and Detroit. They're already like three games back. So I see no way where the Bears and Packers probably don't end up with playoff spots unless the Bears uh, totally melt. Uh, we'll get to the Packers in a little later. But, I mean, I think the Bears are pretty solidly in the playoffs uh, with barring a complete and utter melt. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll get into that a little bit later on, but uh, I agree with you 100%. All right, next game up. Uh, Let's see, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Indy Colts, and the Bengals lose that game 27-31. Burrow went 25-39 of for 313 yards, one interception, and he also had a rushing touchdown. Joe Mixon had 18 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. Higgins went 6-for-125. Philip Rivers, the Philip Rivers that we all love, went 29 of 44 for 371 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Jonathan Taylor had 115 total yards, and Trey Burton had 458 for two total touchdowns. Yeah, this uh, this game changed quick because after the first quarter, I was like, they have to take Rivers out. Now I don't think he played all that well, and he still threw a crushing pick there at the end but the Bengals at that point were not good enough to cash in on it but the Bengals started hot and they seemed to accumulate all those stats in the first quarter and then I don't know in eight minutes the Colts had gotten back in the game uh what'd you make of this game early on in this game I was really shocked when I looked at the score I did not expect it to kind of go the way it was going I think I even sent you a text I was like what are the Colts doing I was like oh my god you did, but I was asleep, and then when I woke up, the Colts had already won. <laughs> yeah, so you see, you didn't go through the roller coaster that I did. It was uh, it was a little shocking, and I really thought that the way that game started off, I thought the Colts were going to lose that game. So it's a little sh- surprising to see that Phillip Rivers was able to uh, kind of, you know, bring back some of his old, early San Diego days, Phillip Rivers, and pull off the win. Uh, he didn't play that well. He made a few mistakes, but you know, thankfully he did enough to help them make that comeback. Yeah. Uh, I think this is probably the first week where I've sort of put tears on teams and the Indianapolis Colts are now down into the muck of you're a playoff team probably, but I don't think you're going anywhere and I don't think they can win games. Uh, the rushing game 
I thought Taylor would be better. I mean, he hasn't been bad, but I thought he'd be better. The line has not been as good as it's been in the years past. And uh, now the defense is missing a couple guys. I think the defense is still a solid unit. And, you know, after giving up 21 points to the Bengals in that first quarter, essentially they shut him down the rest of the game. So Colts, I put in okay team, but I I no longer think they're a contender. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I just think that they show too much inconsistencies at several different points in the season. Um, certain certain games, like for this one, I really thought that they would dominate the Bengals. I thought that they were in a different class. But the way they got up on them, I mean, I'm glad they pulled off the win. But the way that the Bengals got up on them, you know, really showed some glaring signs of weakness to me. And it just kind of makes me think that they're just an okay team with a pretty good defense most of the time. Yeah. If this hadn't have been such a shitty team, the, the Colts would have lost this game pretty easy. I mean, it, oh, yeah, it was sort of reminiscent of last week where they played the Browns, and the Browns are a better team than the Bengals. Maybe. <laughs> Judging <Yeah. laughs> from this week performance, maybe not. But all right. Uh, anything on the Bengals other than they aren't very good? Well, I'm just glad that they kept Burrow under 40 pass attempts for for a change. You know, he was one shy of 40 pass attempts, but um, I just hope the kid survives because he shows some flashes, and uh, we'll see what happens going forward. Yeah. Uh, One last thing. What do you think of Zach Taylor? I don't like him as a coach. Uh, I didn't like him last year. He's supposed to be this offensive genius, but, I mean, it may be too early to judge, and this Bengals team is bad, but... I don't know. I'm not seeing it. Are you seeing it? I'll tell you what. I think that I've seen enough to say that, you know, you got to give him a little more time. But at least he's not he's not gays. That's (laughs) that's what I have to say. about. That that. should not be your bar for a football coach. (laughs) That's that's as low as it can get at this point. So uh, I like I said, he's probably not as you know, as, as good enough of his offensive coach as we thought he was going to be. Um, but, you know, sometimes these type of things are a process, you know, it, it's, it's a marathon, not really a, you know, a sprint. And maybe he's just one of those coaches that has to get everything where he wants it to be before he starts being successful. You know, not every coach can be a Sean McVay come in and turn a team around from worst in division to best in division. So, I think you give him another year, and if this continues, then you probably start moving on. Okay, that's fair enough. I just I haven't liked what I saw, but uh, probably another year before we completely bail him. All right, uh, this next game, I'll admit I just watched this morning, and uh, it was a tough watch. Let me tell you, the Denver Broncos went to New England and won eighteen to twelve. Drew Locke was a Nice 10 of 24 for 189 yards and two interceptions. Philip Lindsay did have a good game, and uh, as Melvin Gordon was drunk and had strep throat, so Philip Lindsay, 23 carries for 101 yards. Tim Patrick had four catches for 101 yards. Cam Newton, 17 to 25, 157 yards, two interceptions, 10 carries for 76 yards, and a touchdown. And James White had eight catches for 65 yards. Um, uh, this game was horribly played and very bad to watch. 
Cam did not look good throwing the ball. He looked good rushing the ball, but no one else looked good rushing the ball for the Patriots. And really, no one looked good at all for the Patriots in this game. I guess Denver played sort of okay, especially defensively, but offensively they were pretty bad and didn't score a touchdown and somehow managed to win the game. But what did you make of this one? Well, you know, wifey sauce, uh, she's a Patriot fan. Uh, Does she have to watch this? Oh, yeah. Right now we're on vacation and the entire family are Patriot fans. So we sat down as uh, an entire family around the uh, the parlor, as you know, as they like to call it out here. Um, and we watched this game, and it was pretty bad. Um, there I were, at least so, got the condensed version. <laughs> oh, no, I had to sit through the whole live thing. And uh, like you said, Cam Newton looked good running the ball. Um, I chalked this up to them not being able to practice that much. Uh, I think that it really took a toll on everything. Cam Newton not being able to play last week really took effect. Um but I, I thought that they did okay, you know, with with this whole COVID thing going on. It's it's really hard to blame the team or the coach or the players. Um, they look good in certain situations, and then they would give up a first down. Um, I think the difference in this game was definitely uh, Lindsey. Um, he seemed to have a spark, and he he was playing with like he had a chip on his shoulder like he wanted some, he wanted to prove something um we know that with melvin gordon there he was probably going to be limited uh in his touches he wasn't going to get as many as he did last season when he went to the pro bowl but i think that he came out and kind of uh let everybody know that you know i don't care what's going on i don't care how bad this team is you know this is my backfield and i'm i'm the star here yeah um, but not really much else to take away from it um Overall, it was a bad game, and I'm I'm a little disappointed that the Pats couldn't pull off the win, you know, because it probably would have made a for a good Sunday with the rest of the family. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, the the only thing that concerns me a little about New England, I don't know what their weapons are on offense other than Cam running. Uh, is James White their best receiver? And I don't know what they're doing at running back right now. They have like five of them. None of them are that great. So that concerns me a little bit. I just, Nikhil Harry hasn't worked out so far. Julian Edelman, I mean, he looks old is what he looks like. I'm not ready to put him in the Dunzo list, but uh, a couple more like yesterday and he might creep his way in there. Yeah, I'm definitely not ready to put him on the Dunzo list. Um, I still think he's got some some gas left in that tank. Uh, again, I just chalked this loss up to the uh, not being able to practice and the limited sessions they had, limited walkthroughs. Um, Belichick is a good coach. Uh, Cam Newton's a respectable quarterback. He can manage the game well. And I still think that um, Edelman is their best weapon on offense. But with the game plan they came in, I, I – you know, it was a bad game, and I'm just kind of chalking up to being a bad week. That's pretty much it. I still think Belichick can kind of get this team together and and maybe rally and you know win some more games. But I'd like to see a little more consistency going forward. It's just that in this particular season with COVID, it's really tough to predict what's coming. 
Yeah. Uh, last question on this one. Any chance you think New England can win this division or you think it's Buffalo's pretty easy now? You know, I tell you, if you asked me last week, I, I thought that New England had a slight chance, uh, but I still thought Buffalo would take this division after the way Buffalo has played the last two weeks. Granted, it's been against tough opponents, but, you know, that determines what a true championship caliber team is, is when you play uh, these tough opponents and go through adversity. I think that New England has a slightly better chance of winning that division than they did last week, and only because of Bill Belichick. I still think he's a good coach. Yeah. All right. Uh, you get the privilege of the next game that was probably somehow worse than the one before. It may be worse for you, not so much for me, because I've been riding this bandwagon all season long. Well, but, our boy Dynamite David is not going to like that you're hyping up the Steelers again. He thinks you're a closet Steelers fan. No, 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 not a closet Steelers. I'm a, a Ram fan through and through, but, you know, I, I, I had the good feelings about this team, you know, starting off. But uh, Cleveland uh, Browns went into Pittsburgh. Uh, they lost 7-38. to Baker Mayfield went 10 of 18 for 119 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. Uh, everyone else was pretty bad, other than even him, but we have to give some sort of stat line. Uh, Big Ben went 14 of 22 for 162, one touchdown. James Conner went 20 for 101 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Chase Claypool, the hero from last week, went four for 74 and one touchdown. Yeah. Uh, my only real takeaway from this game, other than Pittsburgh is good and possibly legit the second best team in the AFC. Uh Cleveland is not good. Now, they. I think they're going to be a team that can beat the bad teams and possibly the okay teams. They seem a little bit better coached than last year, which wouldn't be that hard. I don't know if they were even coached last year. But they totally aren't capable of beating any team with, you know, upper echelon class. They've now played Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They've been mauled and haven't even been in the game in either, so... Also, uh, Baker Mayfield is getting close to the Dunzo list as well. <laughs> Listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not giving away any spoilers at this point, but you know these Browns, man, they, they, they really do a number on me. You know, I was on their bandwagon and they play poor. I jumped off the bandwagon and they play great. So I jumped back on that bandwagon and this is what they give me. Um, I kind of expected the Steelers to win this game. Uh, I said it. Um, I said numerous times. I think. Were that you defense, expecting it to be over after two possessions of the game? <laughs> no, I was not. I thought that they would. Cleveland's played good enough, at least in the games that they've won, that I thought it would be at least a little bit closer. I, I didn't expect this type of schlocking. Um, you know, you look at the offensive stats for Pittsburgh, and they weren't all that great, which just goes to show how good that defense is. You know, they're going to be a team that is going to rely heavily on their defense, and the offense doesn't have to do much. They just have to limit turnovers, limit mistakes, and they can win just about any game. Um, unfortunately for Cleveland, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say about them. They they were a big disappointment this week. Um, like I said, I expected them to lose. I just didn't expect them to be this bad. Playoffs, yes or no for Cleveland? Oh, my gosh. Uh I can't see them making the playoffs, not with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Because um, that's probably two more losses because they play both of them one more time. Yeah, yeah. And, 
they're they're an okay team, and they might show up against the middle of the pack teams. But when you go up against what I consider to be the elite teams, I don't think they're going to do much better than what they did. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, this slate of games this week was not the best of action. Uh, Detroit went into Jacksonville, won 34-16. Matthew Stafford was 19 of 31, one touchdown, one interception. DeAndre Swift, they finally gave a handful of carries. He ran one, 14 carries for 116, two touchdowns. Kenny Galladay continued to have a solid year with four catches and 105 yards. Gardner Mitchell went 25 for 44, 243 yards with two total touchdowns and an interception. James Robinson had 53 total yards and a touchdown, and Keenan Cole had six catches for 143 yards. Uh, not much to take away from this game. Jacksonville's defense isn't very good. Their offense is a little spunky, but they seem to do something stupid on each drive that doesn't get them points. And I don't know, Detroit's just a better team than Jacksonville right now. So I didn't have much to take away from this. What was your takeaways? Yeah, there aren't many. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Um, I thought Jacksonville would play a bit of a better game than, than they did. Um, and that team, unfortunately, is lacking a run game. And when you can't run the ball, you can't play – a good passing game because everybody knows what you're going to do. So not much to take away from this game. I just saw that Jacksonville would play better. And to me, they're one of those teams, just like the Browns that continue to disappoint whenever I tend to start liking them a little bit. And then they come back and bite me in the behind whenever I pick against them. Yeah. Um, I think Jacksonville threw us off their scent a little bit to start the season with beating the Colts and then, you know, having that tough game with Tennessee. And you're like, oh, this team might be a little spunky. But their last three, I think it's the last three games they've played, they haven't been really good. And the the defense just, I mean, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. I don't quite know what they do well. And the offense is, it gets yards. It just doesn't seem to get points. So, I think, you know, coming into the season, I think we both thought they were going to be really bad, and I think that's starting to come around. Not Jets bad, just NFL bad team bad. Definitely not up to Saxonville level. Um, anything from Detroit here? Uh, no, uh, Detroit's just a, one of those teams that's going to beat the bad teams, and they're going to struggle against the good teams. That's pretty much it. Yeah, good call. All right. Uh, probably the lone really good game of the week uh, it was up next. Yeah, this, this game was actually kind of exciting, and it was uh, entertaining to watch. Um, the Houston Texans went into Tennessee. Uh, they lost 36-42. to Deshaun Watson went 28-37 of 37 for 335 yards, four touchdowns. David Johnson had 19 for 57 and one touchdown. Will Fuller had six for 123. Ryan Tannehill went 30 of 41 for 364 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. Derrick Henry, that monster, had 22 carries for 212 yards and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown, 5 for 56 and two touchdowns. Yeah. All right. Well, we already broke down that game a little earlier in the show. Let's move on to our next game, which was close but was not a very well-played game. The Washington football team went to the New York Giants. The New York Giants won 20-19. to Kyle Allen went 31-42, two touchdowns and an interception. 
Uh, Terry McLaurin, seven catches for 74 yards. Daniel Jones was 12 and 19, 112 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He did have seven carries for 74 yards. And Darius Slayton had two catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. Um, once again, a very tough game to watch. Hey, Washington got out to a little bit of a hot start. And then they did self-destructive things. The Giants also did self-destructive things, but somehow came out with a win. I don't know what to take away from this other than both teams are not very good at playing football. Yeah, definitely. If you're a fan of either team, uh, the New York Giants or the Washington football team, this is probably one of the most entertaining games you're going to get to watch this season. Um, A little closer than I thought it would be. Uh, I think New York has more weapons than Washington does, which was a little surprising uh, early on in that game, uh, how tight it was. And even at the end of the game, I expected New York to win, not by much, but also not by this uh, tight of a margin. Uh, But other than that, not much more to say. Yeah, Uh, we'll move on to our next game. Uh, Congrats to the Giants for getting a win and probably blowing their chances at Trevor Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's probably the worst part about that game. But let's see. So we have uh, the Baltimore Ravens went into Philadelphia. Uh, Baltimore pulled off the win 30-28. Lamar Jackson went 16-27 of for 186 yards, one touchdown. Nine carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Carson Wentz went 21 of 40 for 213 yards and two touchdowns, five for 49 and touched on the ground. Miles Sanders went nine for 118. Well, was it the uh, the pride of uh, Old Dominion? That's correct. ODU pride, baby. <laughs> went six for 75 and a touchdown. All right. Uh, Baltimore got out to a big lead. Philly closed. Um, still, once again, another sort of Baltimore wins. Looks good in spots, but I don't think looked overall good. Philly does their Philly thing and gets behind real far, and then all of a sudden starts completing some passes. What'd you make of this game? Uh, we mentioned last week that uh, Philadelphia looked like they were starting to turn the corner and starting to play a little bit better. Uh, we both kind of like that defensive front. We feel like they get enough pressure on the quarterback to wreck a little bit of havoc. Um I, I did expect Baltimore to win this game, and I thought it'd be kind of tight. But, you know, I feel like Baltimore's at its best when they utilize Lamar Jackson's legs. And I think that if they wouldn't have used him on the ground as much as they did, now granted, some of those were broken plays where he had to scramble. But when they don't utilize him, they don't play as well. And I think that they wouldn't have, they probably would have lost this game. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably more concerning that none of the other running backs are really doing anything. Uh, Edwards ended up with the most carries and, you know, it wasn't a good yards per carry. Ingram is totally, I, you know, speaking of Dunzo list, uh, he's garnering pretty close to the Dunzo list and the rookie JK Dobbins, he had a nice little opening week one, but since then he hasn't done anything either. So, uh, Still some concern about Baltimore for me. I, You know, they're winning games, so I don't know how much I could complain about it, but they just don't totally look right. And Philly, I don't know what to make of them. Uh, Sanders got hurt. Ertz is, I know, hurting out. So I, I can't say they're out of it and they're going to not do anything by being in the NFC East. All they have to do is win their, you know, 
conference games. They got the Giants coming up, so they win that game, and it probably puts them right back into first place in the division. So I don't know. Philly, you know, in spots looks pretty good, but, you know, they got down so huge. I just, that seems to be a pattern that has happened now for two years where they get down big and then try to make some late push in the second half. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to take away from this game. Um, you know, we kind of expect that what we got. Uh, I do think that Philadelphia is playing a little bit better, but now with those injuries, I'd like to see, you know, how severe they're going to be and what's going to happen going forward. Um, thankfully for them, they are in the NFC East and all they have to do is win those divisional games and they're pretty much in. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just a good team beating a up-and-coming team. That's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to our next game. And I've been hitting at our Dunzo list. And someone makes the Dunzo list in this game. You're on my Dunzo list. It means you and I are Dunzo. Atlanta went to Minnesota. Atlanta won 40-23. to Matt Ryan went 30 for 40, 371 yards, four touchdowns. Julio Jones made his return with eight catches, 137 yards, two touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, who went 24 for 36, 343 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. Jordan Jefferson had nine catches for 166 yards and two touchdowns. Now, the Minnesota yardage numbers are fake because basically this game was over. I don't know, in the first quarter after his first two picks of the game. Um, Atlanta's offense once again looked good, and surprisingly the defense looked good. But I think the story here is the Vikings, who after playing a pretty solid game at Seattle, came out and just threw up a stinker. And Kirk Cousins threw up a stinker. And the thing that surprised me most is they came out and wanted to throw the ball. This team who pounds away at the run comes out and wants to launch passes all the time with a mediocre to poor quarterback, and they paid the price for it. Yeah. Um, you know, kudos to Atlanta. They played really good offense, and they played better defensively, you know, which is a little shocking since the departure of the defensive genius. But, you know, they, they seem to get a, a – like an adrenaline boost now with um, the new coaching staff and it showed uh, they played better. Minnesota played pretty bad. Like you said, they came out trying to throw the ball around, which in my opinion was a mistake. If I was Minnesota, I probably would have came out and tried to control that game by running the ball. You've got a solid running back and um, a solid running game. I think that they made a big mistake by coming out the way they did. And the final score reflects it although the final score also doesn't show how lopsided that game was. Yeah, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins and his 360 yards, it was all in the fourth quarter. It, they Falcons were up so big, not even they could have blown that lead. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I really don't have much more to say. I, I'm happy for Atlanta, and I'm glad they got that win. But um, Minnesota just, they, they tend to disappoint me on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, one question on Minnesota. You think it's time to probably retool. Uh, they've had this little run and it looks like it's pretty much over, you know, you know, I think that, um, you have to start looking at certain pieces on that team and, you know, making some really tough decisions. Well, I don't know how tough they're going to be, to be honest with you, but you have to start making some of these decisions now, 
uh, because Kirk Cousins doesn't look like the future for that team. They've got a solid uh, running game. That defense is not what it was over the last few seasons. So, you know, you definitely have to look at that salary cap and try to make some decisions on who you're going to keep and who you're going to move on from because um, they're just not playing that well. And, you know, if they ever had a shot at winning a division, you thought that it would probably be, you know, last season or this season, and they just seem to be a a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think this probably is it for Simmer as well. I I think he'll probably get another head coaching job, and I I don't think he's a bad coach, but I I just – it feels like this Vikings thing has run its course, and it's time for – Yeah, definitely time for a makeover. All right, uh, next game up. Let's see. For the next game, uh, we have your New York Jets versus uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, The New York Jets put up a stinker and a goose egg against the Dolphins and their 24 points. Joe Flacco went 21 of 44 for 186 yards and interception. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Magic Fitzpatrick, went 18 of 27 for 191, three touchdowns and two interceptions, and Gaskins went 18 for 91. Nothing else uh, that really stands out. Um, yeah, what, what was your take on this? Uh, the Jets are bad. The Dolphins are sort of okay. They're now 3-3. Three and three. Um, I don't know. They probably can't make a playoff run. They, they're, I mean, their wins are first the Jets and Jacksonville and you know, the 49ers. Niners. So, you know, it's... I don't know. I think it's a fun story. I don't know much what to make of it. Uh, Miami, I, you know, in the future, I think probably could be one of the top teams in the league, you know, with the draft picks they have coming up. And I really like Brian Flores. And if Tua works out, which I think he will, he got his first little game action and he still almost outscored the Jets by playing one series. being told to hand the ball off. So that just shows you how bad this Jets team really is. Um, I don't really, we kind of touched on this game a little bit earlier. I don't have much to add to it, you know, um, other than even Fitzmagic didn't need much to win this game. Yeah. I, he didn't even play all that great. I mean, he was okay, but he didn't even have to play all that great. He made some mistakes and even so, you know, he still easily won this game and, Again, this just shows how bad the Jets team is, and I don't even really want to get into it anymore, to be honest with you. Yeah, we'll move on to, I think this is probably the most shocking result of the day. Uh, Green Bay went to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay won 38-10. to 10. Aaron Rodgers was really bad, 16-35, 160 yards, two interceptions. Devontae Adams made his return, six catches for 61 yards. Tom Brady was a pedestrian 17 for 2,766 yards, two touchdowns. Ronald Jones was a real star of this game. 23 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns. And Rob Gronkowski showed a little life with five catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Um, pretty shocking result, but I sort of put this in, well, the Tampa defense was great, even without uh, Vita Vea in there. Uh, Sue, you know, had one of his games where he actually felt like playing hard for, you know, 40 snaps, which you as a Rams fan probably know come once every about six games. But uh, really, Green Bay was terrible from I, after that pick six. Uh, sort of mark this up as just a Green Bay stinker. And Tampa Bay played pretty well in this game. What would you make of it? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that 
Um, this was a little bit shocking. I expect the Green Bay to win this game. I thought that even though Tampa Bay has a pretty good defense, I thought that the offensive prowess of Green Bay was just that much better that they would pull off the win. But early on, uh, that pick six that Aaron Rodgers threw, um, kind of, I don't know, it, it, it really made him a little more timid. And then he threw another interception, and I felt like that was just the end of it. Um, they just couldn't come back after that. Uh, Brady didn't have to do much because his defense – gave him the lead before he had even actually completed a, a, a proper drive. Um, I think the only takeaway from this game was that, uh, you know, you're happy to see Gronkowski. If you're a Tampa Bay fan, you're happy to see Gronkowski kind of, you know, be resurrected from the dead. Uh, I actually had him off my Dunzo list. Um, and I didn't even mention my other guys on the Dunzo list. I, I just felt like it wasn't even worth talking about. But, you know, it was nice to see Gronk make a little bit of a comeback. He could have had another touchdown in that game, uh, but, you know, he couldn't quite hold on to it. But overall, I just chalk it up to Green Bay having a bad game and Tampa Bay playing good defense. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, We'll see if this sort of trend continues for Green Bay, but I think it's just one of those things where, you know, snowballs started rolling downhill and they couldn't stop it. Though it seems like when they do lose, they do lose pretty bad the last two years. So... Um, let's move on to our next game. I'm sorry that this sort of went to you in the, uh, the switching off of reading the stats, but I guess that was just the way the scores fell in the ESPN thing. You know, this, the stars just happened to align in your favor, I guess, because, uh, you're going to, you're going to break my heart again one more time by reading this off, but the Rams went. Well, I didn't to- know if you survived watching it. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I had to turn it off. Uh, I was really exhausted. I've had a long uh, couple of days. I had a long drive up here. Um, but if they would have played better, I think I would have been able to watch the entire game. But uh, it was a pretty bad performance overall. But anyway, the um, the LA Rams went into San Francisco. Uh, they lost 16-24. to Jared Goff went 19-38 of for 198 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Daryl Henderson went 14 for, for 88 yards. Jimmy G went 23 of 33 for 268 yards and three touchdowns. Greg Kittle had a pretty big game with seven catches for 109 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Debo Samuel, who who is that? Yeah, sorry, Aaron Donald. Debo Samuel went six for 66 and a touchdown. Yeah, so uh, I I did wake up and watch this game. It was. Well, uh, the Rams just threw up one of their they-have-no-offense games. Um, I heard somebody uh, on one of the, another podcast talk about uh, Jared Goff, and they compared him to, you know, like a young Kurt Cousins, and I was like, hmm, that's kind of apt at the time, you know? You think about it, he can put up numbers sometimes, but he just – you don't totally buy in all the time when you watch it, and this was just another one. Now, he didn't get help. A, you know, a handful of those receivers dropped a couple passes, but they just sort of looked bad in this game. Yeah, I think that um, that game, it was pretty telling early on when um, the kicker missed that extra point. I think that was basically kind of putting a nail in the coffin. That basically told you the way that game was going to go. I don't think golf was terrible. I think that um, he didn't play his best game. Uh, he made a few mistakes here and there, um, misread some plays. 
but I just think overall as an entire team, they didn't play really good. Um, I've got a, you know, couple things in this game that are going to be on the worst of, uh, you know, for our lists later on, but a little disappointed as a Rams fan, but I, I, San Francisco's game, they came out with a really good game plan. Uh, Jimmy G looked a lot better than he did last week. Uh, it looked like he was kind of setting his feet a little better when he was throwing the ball. Um, not Nothing else really to take away from it. A little disappointing. The Rams, we mentioned it before, they tend to be a Jekyll and Hyde team. And now that you mentioned it, you know, he might kind of be a Kirk Cousins type of player. You know, a guy who's going to come out and throw 400 yards in one game and you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's the greatest thing since Joe Montana. And then he comes out and he looks like just your average run-of-the-mill quarterback. Yeah. I I mean, I, I don't think it's like a insult. I Kirk Cousins was a okay quarterback. You you start to get in the bad territory where, you know, the Vikings paid Kirk Cousins to, you know, over $30 million a year, and the Rams are paying Jared Goff, and that's where it gets a little like you're paying him to be an elite quarterback, and they're sort of a okay, solid NFL quarterback. Uh, the, you know, I, I don't mind the Rams losing this game. It's a division game, and you knew San Francisco was going to bring it after that sort of disgraceful game versus Miami, but uh, was a little more disturbed at the offense, didn't look great. And, you know, I, I after this, I started looking, and the Rams, our wins are all versus the uh, NFC East, yes. which uh, – you know, makes me ponder how much I, you know, I think we both sort of think this team was a sort of NFC contender. And I started to look at that, and now I'm like, I think they're a playoff team, but I I don't know if I can put them down as a contender anymore. I, I still think they're a playoff team, and I still think that they're better than they've shown. The issue is what Rams team are we going to get? And I, I think that's the biggest question mark with this team. But – you know, kudos to San Francisco. They came they came back after a very sloppy week against Miami, and they cleaned up a lot of their mistakes, and they played well, and they won this game. I'm always a little iffy when it comes to picking divisional uh, opponents, but you know, like I said, kudos to San Francisco. They played they played well, and the Rams didn't, and they pulled off the win. Now, as far as me comparing the Kirk Cousins and uh, Jared Goff, yeah, like you, I don't mean it as an insult. Um, you know he's he's a he's a he's a good quarterback, but he's not the type of quarterback that if you get down, he's gonna come back and and dominate a game and you know and shut the other team out. He's he's a manageable quarterback. And yeah. if everything kind of is in sync, then he's gonna have a good game. If not, then this is the type of game he's gonna have. Yeah. Um, Mozart got hurt again, and he's uh, likely out for you know the season. So. Uh, probably uh, they didn't say season, but I think he's out for a good portion of it. So the Niners lose another guy, but uh, they seem to be able to handle running back injuries. Uh, defense looked half okay this week, so you think the Niners can still fight for a playoff spot? They they throw themselves. They have three wins, so they're about the same as the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I don't think that the Cardinals or the Niners are a playoff team. I think the Rams are a playoff team. I don't think they're necessarily a contender, but I think that they're a playoff team. Um, still, Seattle, even with that poor defense, I still think Seattle's the cream of the crop in this division. 
Yeah, most but, um, definitely. I, I thought the Rams might could contend with Seattle, but I just don't see that after watching I, that game and watching think, the Giants game about two weeks ago. I still think that the Rams are going to give Seattle a really tough game because divisional opponents, especially in the NFC West, play each other really tough, which is why I'm not shocked that San Francisco pulled off the win. But I still think Seattle's a better team. And this is coming from a Ram fan. As much as it hurts me to say it, Seattle's a better team. Yeah. All right. We'll breeze through these next two games because we've already talked about them. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs played the Buffalo Bills. Kansas City won 26-17. Patrick Mahomes 21-26 for 225 and two touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was the star of the game with 26 carries and 161 yards. Travis Kelsey had five catches for 65 yards and two touchdowns. Josh Allen was 14-27, 122 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, eight carries for 42 yards, and Stephon Diggs had six catches for 46 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, we pretty much touched on that game, so yeah. uh, we'll kind of move on from it. But yeah, overall, got a pretty good game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, our next game is the Arizona Cardinals went into uh, Jerry Jerry's world and faced off against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they won that game 38-10. to 10. Kyler Murray went 9 of 24 for 188 yards, two touchdowns, 10 rushes for 74 yards and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake, probably the uh, highlight of that game, went 20 for 164 and two touchdowns. Uh, Christian Kirk went 2 for 86 and two touchdowns. Dalton went 34 of 54 for 266 yards, one touchdown and two interceptions. And Amari Cooper went seven catches for 79 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, we already touched on that one. So we'll move on to our... Hell of a game. Best of the week. So uh, I got a couple guys on offense for the best of the week. One is Derrick Henry at a monster game versus the Houston Texans. And on such a short week, I thought it was pretty impressive, even if um, the Houston Texans defense is a joke. A couple of those guys might show up uh, on the worst list. Also, I wanted to give a shout combo package of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. They really looked good this week. Uh, and it was nice to have them back. Uh, that Falcons offense looked uh, pretty high flying this week. Uh, for me, um, for my best for the best offensive for the week, um, I had to show some love, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Dynamite David, you know, after going five and zero last week on his picks for college football, which by the way, if you haven't listened, you should definitely tune in. Uh, he's he's on fire right now. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be gloating even more after he hears this. Uh, I've got two guys on, well, three guys technically, but two of my guys, one of them being uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you know, Ryan has been one of the best quarterbacks since taking over as a starting quarterback for the Titans. He's 12-3 uh, and three as a starter. He's been a great uh, uh, quarterback, and he's got a pretty good running game to lean on, which has helped him a lot. Uh, last year he had a good defense, and um, it seems to be MIA this season. But, you know, he's got his team at 5-0, and and they look poised to take that division and make a good playoff run. If that defense can play better, uh, they're they're a team to, to really fear. Um, I also, as a combo package, um, have the yeah, the running back. Um, he had a big big monster game this week. Uh, he ran for what 212 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Henry's a monster man, and when he gets going, it's hard to stop him. Um, granted, he's not going to pass not, though. Just uh, no, FYI. I was, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. I'm like, just for teams listening out there, if you see him line up under center, he's running, you know, just throwing that out there. But 
you know, I had to throw uh, Henry and um, and Tannehill on there. I think like they've been playing really solid football, and especially with the short week and with the lack of practices and all that other stuff that we keep making excuses for other teams. They've kind of taken this and rolled with it and still been successful. So I had to put them on my list for best of the week. But I also wanted to give a, a shout out um, to uh, Kenyon Drake, uh, who had a pretty big game against the uh, the Cowboys. He didn't need to do. He helped this team so that uh, Kyle Murray didn't have to really throw the ball. If you look at his stat line, uh, passing wise, it wasn't great. But because of Drake, I feel like you know it it really helped out that team. There was certain uh, situations where it looked like he was going to get stopped, and he just fought through it and ended up getting more yards and. I felt like I had to give him a nod, so I gave him an honorable mention up there. Yeah, good call. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I had Rokon Smith, the Chicago Bears. Uh, he was creating all kinds of havoc for Teddy Bridgewater and really probably played his uh, best game I think I, I'd seen him play all year. And then uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, Bradley Chubb on the outside and uh, Shelby Harris in the middle really were – the ones creating all the problems for the New England Patriots other than possibly COVID and missing two weeks of practice pretty much. But both Bradley Chubb and Shelby Harris were sort of the anchors of that Broncos defense that really caused a lot of problems for the New England Patriots. Yeah, that was some good picks there. Um, I actually, I wanted to go with the Steelers run defense as a whole because they were so solid and they've been solid all year. Um, They've allowed, I think, over 90 rushing yards only once in the past couple seasons, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Um, but obviously, I'm, I, I keep doing this week to week where I go with an entire unit. Uh, I also wanted to give uh, Minka Fitzpatrick uh, a nod. You know, he played a really good game. Yeah, um, good call there. He a, yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty solid game. But um, I actually had to go with the duo this week. Uh, I went with uh, Jamel Dean and uh, Carlton Davis, both of the uh, Tampa Bay cornerbacks. Uh, for shutting down that potent Green Bay offense. Um, Like I said, I expected Aaron Rodgers to come out and kind of fling it. I didn't think Tampa Bay's defense was good enough to stop that offense. They're good, but I didn't think they're good enough to stop that offense. Um, The cornerback duos, um, I think that they had 13 targets towards him and only four of them were completed, if I'm not mistaken. um, But, you know, overall... Dean had that pick six, so I had to give him a little bit of a, a bump when it came to this duo, but I went with the uh, Tampa Bay corners. Yeah, all right, good call. And uh, my coach of the week will be a tribute to our colleague. Dynamite Picks. I'm going to take his boy, Mike Vrabel, uh, to win two games, one on Tuesday, one on Sunday. Pretty impressive. Uh, really had those guys ready and took advantage of Romeo Cornell's uh, poor coaching decisions and bad defense. So uh, Mike Vrabel gets my shout-out for best of the week. That's actually a really good call. I, I, I was so close to going with that, but I didn't want to go with an all-Titans uh, best of the week, although they deserve it. Well, see, you aren't even well. here this week to hear him gloat about it. So, <laughs> I know I probably should have taken advantage and just gone all Titans, you know, and then maybe next week I would have been able to get by without having to hear about it. But um, I actually went with the Chicago Bears coach, uh, Matt. I feel like he uh, he did a really good job this week. Uh, he, the Bears are quietly at five and one and first place in the NFC North. I repeat, the Bears are in first place in the NFC North. 
Okay. Now, granted, the Packers are only a, a game behind them uh, because they played a game less. And um, but I really think the Panthers were a better team. And you know, um, Teddy Bridgewater's done a really good job at not you know causing turnovers and protecting the ball. And they've got a solid run game. And uh, Chicago came out and they really, uh, you know, they re- they really bombarded the quarterback, caused him to make mistakes, which he doesn't really do a lot. And they semi shut down that run game, and that's the reason why Carolina wasn't successful at all. And Chicago pulled off the win, so I went with uh, Matt Nagy. Yeah, that's a nice call. All right, let's move into our terrible, just terrible. All right, so uh, we're going to lead off with my worst, and it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, He seems to have fumble problems now all of a sudden. Uh, He hasn't run the ball as well as he has, you know, in previous years. Uh, Some of that can be the line, but uh, I think uh, his running back, you know, card is starting to get a little worn down, and I, I don't know if he's sort of worth the money now that they're paying him, and it's probably going to cost the Cowboys in the end because I don't, you know, I don't know if they have a way back to sort of get into relevance in the NFC. So uh, Ezekiel Elliott's my first one. And I wanted to put a new member into the Dunzo list this week. Also my worst of the you week. You Dunzo list. It means you and I are Dunzo. And that would be Kirk Cousins. Uh, I've seen enough of his football stylings in this world and Kirk Cousins now joins the Dunzo list <laughs> okay well for my uh, worst of the week uh, I'm just going to start off by going ahead and naming off my Dunzo guys which I should have named during the game reviews You're on my Dunzo just to throw them out there it means you um, and I are Dunzo <laughs> uh, on my Dunzo list I have the Jaguars run game um, and I mentioned why don't hate on my James Robinson. No, listen, I had to, man. Minshew's the third quarter rushing touchdown. That was the fourth rushing touchdown of the year for the for the Jaguars. And that's one of the reasons why they're so unsuccessful is because they're not a balanced team whatsoever. They just don't have any any prowess on the ground. And, and it shows, you know, when the quarterback is uh, 25% of your rushing touchdowns, that's kind of bad. Um, I also had Baker Mayfield on my Dunzo list. I, I again Baker Mayfield you know I hate on the guy and he plays well and then I love the guy and he this is what he does to me so he's they're both of them are my Dunzo list uh, but, um, Baker I'm watching you next week he may make okay. appearance on my Dunzo list he, but listen since I had him on my Dunzo list this week he's going off next week <laughs> uh, but for my worst of the week I offensively I have Aaron Rodgers uh, Aaron Rodgers threw for under 175 yards against the Bucks uh, coming into the week. The Packers had one of the best offenses in the NFL. He threw two picks early on in the game, and it seemed like he was shaky for the rest of the game. And uh, he ended up finishing with a 35.4 passer rating, which is definitely not Packer-esque or even uh, Aaron Rodgers-esque. And, and because of that, he's on my worst of the week list. Yeah, good call. All right, on the defensive side of the ball, I got two guys. Uh, one is Cameron Dantzler, the cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, uh, there's a little bit of a curve here. He was guarding, you know, Julio Jones pretty much one-on-one most of the game. So, uh, you know, that's difficult to do. He's a young corner, so. 
but he was really bad at doing it. So he ends up on the worst player of the list. And then a uh, Zach Cunningham, middle linebacker for the Texans. Um, if you're the middle linebacker, your job is pretty much to tackle the running back running up the middle. And I'm not sure that occurred at all in this game. So Zach Cunningham, middle linebacker for the Texans, also makes my worst list. Let's see. For my worst of the week on defense, and I don't want you to get upset here, okay, because I know you love them, but I'm going with the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. I don't love them. They just have lines that give them lots of points. I literally dislike every player on that team. Well, Listen, no, I like Frank Gore and Bashard Perryman and Jamison Crowder. The Jets are becoming my scapegoat, okay? And I understand that it's not, it's not fun picking an entire defense for the segment. But when you lose your first six games by at least nine points, you're going on here. That's all I have to say about that. All right, so uh, my next is the worst coach, and uh, it's Mike McCarthy. At this point, I honestly think he took that job so he could get fired and have a retirement fund. Uh, the Cowboys have been atrocious all year. And, you know, dating back to his last couple of years in Green Bay, they weren't even making playoffs. So I just, I'm now questioning whether he can even get through the year. If Jerry ends up going crazy, they lose a couple more games. But uh, he signed, I we haven't liked the way anything has looked for Dallas this year, and Mike McCarthy ends up on my worst list this week. You know, I had a feeling you were going to go with him because he was on my list also. So I decided to go a different route. And this is more personal than anything. But um, for my worst coach of the week, I'm going with Sean McVay. Um, very easily could have picked any one of the usual suspects here. You know, well, two of my usual suspects are gone now. But, I, you know, I felt like McVay didn't game plan properly. Um, Jimmy G did a really good job at getting rid of the ball fast at some uh, certain points. He was getting rid of the ball in about two seconds, uh, which meant that Aaron Donald wasn't even a factor in this game. And he's the best defensive player, at least in my opinion. And I'm sure in the opinion of a lot of people, he's the best defensive player in the league. So when you have a player that's that impactful, that can't make an impact, you know, you've got to change up the game plan a little bit, and I feel like he did a poor job this week. Granted, it was against a divisional opponent, but I'm really upset about that loss. Um, I'm not going to hold it against him going forward, but that's why he's on my worst of the week list. Yeah. All right, good call. And uh, anything else you want to pub before we get out of here? No, just want to uh, let everyone know uh, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, I'm that dude Achilles. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at TD Achilles. And uh, you can follow you where? Um, I'm at GLN Champ 5 on both. Uh, also, we have a new show coming out on the Greenlight Network. Know it all, Champ Chesterfield. Look for that to drop either today or tomorrow. And that's our show for today. And we're out.